Welcome in to another episode of FarzCast. Farzy Masugin here with you guys. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you're all having a great week. It is Big 12 Tournament Week in Kansas City. So very exciting times. It's already March. Uh, crazy to believe. Uh, here we are in March. We are also broadcasting this, or I should say streaming this live on the Facebook page over at Facebook.com slash So hopefully you guys join us. For the live stream, if you're listening to the podcast one of these days, you guys can uh, join us for uh, one of the podcast live streams. Uh, all you got to do is follow me on Facebook. The uh, description does have all the social media information. So if you haven't already, make sure you follow me on Facebook. Then you'll be notified anytime I go live. I see a lot of you guys are coming into the live stream right now. I appreciate you guys coming on here. Uh, if you guys have any questions, comments, hey, this is all uh, an interactive podcast. So, uh, Teresa, I see, I see you, Eddie, what's going on, man? Yes. Happy tournament week. Very excited for that. Hey, props to, uh, KU today. I know, uh, this was a pretty tough day for them, uh, learning about their coach, Bill Self, who was recovering in the hospital. Uh, KU was very quick to shut down, uh, the reports of, uh, of the, um, of the heart attack rumors, man, this is just a great example. You don't believe everything you hear on the internet. Um, I, you know, not, not everything uh, is true out there. And it's kind of a shame because there are some uh, journalists out there that do have some explaining to do. All right. A lot of things to get to here on this episode of farce cast. We have not done an episode of, uh, of the podcast in quite some time. Took a little bit of a break, but we are back right now. A lot of things to get into here. Daniel Jones hit bank with the New York Giants. Will the Giants regret that move? Derek Carr on his way to New Orleans. How is he going to do there? Lamar Jackson, a bit of a controversial story, perhaps. A lot of people not happy with the way the Ravens have handled his situation. Aaron Rodgers might be finding a new home very soon. Some quick hits I'll get into as well including UFC 285, the Big 12 tournament. An interesting comment from an NBA scout that's in Kansas City. And also at the end of the podcast, I do want to touch on this Jackson Mahomes story. I know it's not a story a lot of people are really thrilled about to hear. Trust me, I don't have any excitement in my body talking about this story. But... I've listened to a lot of the commentary out there from radio shows, podcasts, a lot of people, a lot of radio, sports radio hosts in Kansas City are avoiding this story. Um, I've heard a lot of commentary from podcasts, YouTube bloggers and whatnot. Uh, to me, this is actually an important story. This is not a Patrick Mahomes issue, but it could become a Patrick Mahomes issue. And I think that's why this is topical to me. I will get into that a little bit later, so we'll discuss that topic in the end. What's going on, D? Maurice, what's going on? Mark, I see you. Appreciate all of you guys joining me for this uh, live podcast here. Maurice is asking, will the Chiefs keep Orlando Brown Jr.? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, they obviously passed on uh, giving the franchise tag to him. I think the most important thing you got to keep in mind is he had a great postseason. I know some of the numbers might be a little skewed with Mahomes' rushing uh, or scrambling ability. Uh, I, I think what the Chiefs fear is that he is inconsistent. And that's the truth. Uh, give, give a lot of props to him, though. 
for the postseason he had. It's just moving forward. Do you trust the guy by giving him that big contract? I don't know. What's up, Dennis? What's up, Elaine? I see you guys. How much was Frank Clark asking for? Uh, Jacob's asking. I'm not 100% sure. Um, I'm not sure. Mark says it can't become a Patrick issue. It's all on his brother. Yeah, I do agree. This is all on his brother, Mark. But it could become a Patrick issue in the future. I'll get into that a little later. And I'll also talk about how we can prevent, uh, or how Patrick specifically could prevent that from happening. Let me just say this right now. I am not suggesting Patrick to cut off his brother. That's not my place to speak. That's not anyone else's place to speak. But Patrick Mahomes has got to be a little careful here. I'll get into that at the end of the podcast. Kristen says, go Cats. Yeah, I got the game on. I'll be paying attention to the uh, to the game as uh, as we do this podcast. What's up, Tina? She gave me a little wave here. Boston Becky says, really making sense. Good to hear. Yeah, Teresa, uh, word on the street is um, Thornhill might be on his way out. Let me just say this. It is kind of unfortunate that, y- y- listen, 10 years ago, the Chiefs did not have these issues. Today, here are the types of problems teams like the Chiefs have. You can't keep everyone. Uh, Brett Veach has done a phenomenal job in his first couple of years getting the Chiefs out of the cap hellhole that John Dorsey put them through. John Dorsey, I thought, was a great evaluator. The guy knew. I mean, the guy knew a good player when he saw one. I don't doubt that one bit. But unfortunately. Some of the decisions did put the Chiefs in a bad cap situation. Yeah, I'll get into that, Rhonda. Um, I do agree uh, that it's not on Patrick, but I do think this could be a Patrick problem in the future, depending on certain outcomes. I'll get into that a little later. Um, Just give me a chance to explain that in the end, because I'll save that for the end of the podcast. Jacob says the last of us was wild. Yeah, I agree, man. Um I'll tell you guys what, for those of you who are non-gamers, no spoiler from me, um, my parents are big fans of the series, uh, and I have asked them for their prediction for this Sunday's finale. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you what, you non-gamers, um, this Sunday's episode is going to be wild. And they've already renewed for season two, and I'll tell you what, if they do follow the game, shit hits the fan real fast. Do not Google Last of Us Season 2, Part 2, anything. You will for sure get spoiled if you do that. Trust me, do not Google anything on this show if you're a non-gamer. Oh, no, I think the Chiefs will go after in free agency, Scott. I'm not 100% sure. Juju, uh, Elaine says, uh, what about Juju? The word is he is expected to come back. Patrick's asking any news on DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, it is expected that Hopkins is going to be traded. Uh, Kansas City is a um, Kansas City is a uh, a suitor for sure, according to some rumors out there. Teresa's made a really good comment here. It's actually a question: Are Chiefs following pattern for players like the Patriots? Yeah. So here's the thing: the the Chiefs are now at this point where they do have a lot of great players. The reality is, you can't keep everyone. And now the Chiefs, what what are their priorities? Number one is obviously Patrick Mahomes. They've already got him locked up. Well, now you got to make sure Mahomes is going to be in good shape. By doing that, you got to make sure you got to have a good offensive line. So as a result, you've got to make sure that you keep guys like Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith here in Kansas City long term. Those are non-first round draft picks you got. 
So you already got away with not paying those guys a whole lot of money. Now, if you want Mahomes to maximize his potential for his entire duration here in Kansas City, then you got to make sure guys like Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Joe Tooney's obviously here long-term. You got to make sure you lock those guys up for a long time. You'll sell your left leg for Hopkins. I love it, man. I really would. Mark, I'm going to get into that comment you just made in a, a little later on in the podcast. So stay tuned. There's some uh, interesting things to get into there. But I want to start off with some NFL talk here. Uh, Daniel Jones hit the bank. Uh, reportedly going to average about $40 million a year with his four-year deal with the Giants. Will the Giants regret this move? Man, look. Daniel Jones has a win-loss record of 21-32-1 in his career. That's not great. And you just handed this guy a whole lot of cash. I understand that the Giants have, I mean, they're winning a little bit more now. And Daniel Jones maybe had the best game of his career in the playoffs. But one game should not overshadow everything. Look at the Cardinals right now. They went to the playoffs and they just gave Kyler Murray everything. More than Mahomes. And I understand the Giants are winning a little bit more, but Daniel Jones is coming off a season where he threw just 15 touchdown passes. Is this a guy that you really want to pay $40 million a year? This was not a good year statistically for Daniel Jones. Uh, His interception numbers were very low. That's good for sure. I think that's the best in his career too. But you got to have better numbers than that still with the touchdown numbers. The reason the Giants did so well this season was because of their defense. I'm not 100% sure if this is the right move for the Giants. And I think this is a move the Giants will regret later on. I'll get into that in a moment, Elaine. I'm just reading some of you guys' comments right now. Someone was asking. I, the, the comments are a little out of control right now. Uh, Dave's asking, do you think the Chiefs will get any more compensatory picks besides the latest? Right? No, I don't think so, Dave. I think the three they got is, is what they have. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, I think one of those is on the way to New York because of the Kadarius Tony trade, which, look, I think that is worth it for them. I know there are some concerns with his health and availability. Let's see. Uh, the Chiefs see a lot of potential in him, and we kind of saw that in the Super Bowl for sure. You'd rather get Jalen Ramsey over Hopkins? Levi, that's interesting, man. Jalen Ramsey's been rumored to come to Kansas City for a few years now, and it just doesn't seem to happen. Mahomes could be the seventh or eighth highest paid quarterback at the start of the season. Yeah, that's insane, Dave. That That's a reality right there. And look, here's a nice part, and I know Mahomes has kind of touched on this a little bit in a press conference uh, back at training camp last year. He's not really money-hungry, man. He's really not. This is one of those situations where he's okay with not getting a lot of money because from his football contract because he's getting a shit ton of money from State Farm, uh, Subway. I mean, it's a long list, man. I just can't even keep up with him anymore. I wrote about this once for Arrowhead Addict. Dude, that, that is way out of date now. Um, Hunts, uh, I mean, it's a long list. It is a long list for sure. Uh, what about the stud running back in Tennessee, Scott said? Uh, oh, you're talking about um, Derrick Henry. Yeah, you know, let's get into that now. 
because that is on my uh, on my topic here, one of the list of things to discuss here. I love Derrick Henry, man. I'd love him in Kansas City. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Um, I think it would be worth bringing him in, though. I think your offensive line holds priority, though. You, you get, bringing back Jarek McKinnon and Juju is important. Uh, I would say offensive line, special, the, the two tackle spots. You might have two new tackles by the start of 2023 in Kansas City. Um, Andrew Wiley might not come back. Orlando Brown might test the waters in free agency. So I don't think um, you're going to have those guys coming back anytime soon. Um, but I do think that Kansas City might be in the mix for Derrick Henry, but I don't think they're going to be a serious contender. I really don't think they're going to be a serious contender. Yeah, BioSteel, Levi, I, I mean, there's a ton. Uh, and I do want to get to those uh, sponsorships a little later on. I'll explain why. Um, another quarterback that got a big contract, Derek Carr to New Orleans. Well, the, the Saints find success. Listen, you guys, you guys know my thoughts on Derek Carr. Um, listen, I don't think I don't think the Raiders screwed him over. The Raiders paid him what seventeen million dollars. They gave him a great offense, the best offense he's ever had in his career with Devontae Adams, the leader in touchdown catches. Josh Jacobs, the the leader in rushing yards. Hunter Renfro, I know not the, his best season. Darren Waller, one of the best tight ends out there. Man, if you can't win with that crew, which crew are you going to win with in the future? And look at the team that he went to, the Saints. When Derek Carr played against the Saints, he couldn't even cross the 50-yard line. Listen, people out there defend Derek Carr by saying, well, they keep changing coaches. The defense is never good. Josh McDaniels is terrible. Listen, man. Supposedly, it's everyone else's fault except for Derek Carr. I just don't buy that. I really don't. I really don't. Is it the defense's fault that Derek Carr could not cross the 50-yard line? Um, I know a lot of people have their opinions about this analyst on ESPN, but Dan Orlovsky, on multiple occasions on ESPN, has done a good job of, of putting some of the film reel out there of Derek Carr just missing Adams. And keep in mind, Adams led the NFL in touchdown catches this year. Yet Derek Carr missed him so many times. Adams' numbers, as great as they were this year, should have been a lot higher. Um, and listen, I don't know what the Raiders plan to do at quarterback. If the Raiders were to get Aaron Rodgers, which they don't sound like a contender to get him, but if they do somehow get him, the Raiders are a serious threat to Kansas City. I will say that right now. You want to talk how the defense was not good for Derek Carr? Trust me. If Aaron Rodgers goes there, the, Josh Jacobs would be 100% inclined to want to come back. That entire Raiders offense, all those pass catchers, all the players around him, they're going to want to come uh, stick around. But you got to have a quarterback. Listen, I just think the issues in in, in uh, Vegas were Derek Carr, and I know they changed so many coaches. They changed so many players, receivers, running backs, everybody, but they kept the same guy. And what happened? You still lost. You still lost. Lamar Jackson, he received the non-exclusive franchise tag. This drew a lot of interesting responses from players. By the way, I see you guys in the comments. I want to keep the podcast moving. 
Um, so if I do miss a comment or a question, uh, please don't be afraid to comment again with that later on, and I may uh, end up catching it. I just want to get some of these topics moving on because we answered a lot of questions in the first few minutes. But uh, Lamar Jackson uh, receiving the non-exclusive franchise tag, and a lot of people feel like the Ravens are disrespecting Lamar Jackson right now and that he should receive a long-term deal. Some people are even pointing to the fact that he was a recent MVP, not just a, 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 not just an MVP. This guy was a unanimous pick for MVP in 2019. Listen, I thought Lamar Jackson, I, I've said before that I think he's going to hit a wall at some point. And I know he's been dealing with injuries, but when he is on the field with the Ravens, man, he's he's done some good things and he still is doing some good things. But, there's a but. There is a ceiling with Lamar Jackson. Do you want to pay this guy a lot of money just to win games but fall short in the postseason? I Listen, um, I, I could be wrong here, but I think everyone's goal in the NFL is to win the Super Bowl and hold that Lombardi up nice and high while the confetti's falling down, right? Isn't that everyone's goal? Is that the goal? And Baltimore, can they meet that goal with Lamar Jackson? You guys tell me right now in the comments. Do the are, are the Ravens a serious Super Bowl contender with Lamar Jackson? They're a playoff team with Lamar Jackson. They're certainly a playoff team. But are they a serious Super Bowl contender with him? That's what I struggle with. And I don't know, listen, I, I think you can look at Lamar Jackson in his first few years, and you can certainly see some similarities to Michael Vick in Michael Vick's first few years in Atlanta. And keep in mind, Vick at one point went to the NFC Championship with the Falcons, if I recall correctly, at one point against Andy Reid's Eagles. Okay, there are some mixed uh, comments here. Mark says he'll never hold a Lombardi. Dennis says nope. Maurice says yes, they are. Justin says nope. Jim says Ravens should have beat Cincinnati in the playoffs. Yeah, they should have, Jim. Uh, but that fumble at the one, two-yard line, man, that, that that's what killed them. Uh, th that'll do it. You know, here's my thing. I don't think Lamar Jackson is worth the contract. I really don't. Uh, in fact, I'm, I, I'm actually surprised the Ravens tagged him. I know it's a non-exclusive tag, but no one's going to give up two first-round picks for this guy. They're just not. Um, there is a ceiling with him. But going back to my Michael Vick comparison, man, look what happened to him uh, when he came back to the NFL and went to Philadelphia. And I've said this so much about Andy Reid. He finds a way to maximize players' potential. Um, Michael Vick was a far more complete quarterback under Andy Reid than he was in um, in Atlanta. So, listen, I'm not suggesting Lamar Jackson to come play for Andy Reid because the Chiefs have their quarterback, but... I do think Lamar Jackson would be better under a different co coaching staff. I, don't, I just don't think Harbaugh is the, the guy for it. What if he goes and joins Eric Bieniemy in uh, in Washington? Eric Bieniemy, obviously from the Andy Reid tree. I think I think Lamar Jackson would actually be a better quarterback if he went to if he went to Washington. I know there's some talk about him going to Vegas. Not really sure if he fits that Josh McDaniel scheme. I really don't. Um, but I do think that Lamar Jackson, I don't think he does it in Baltimore. 
I don't think he's going to win a championship in Baltimore. I do think he'll be a better quarterback under a guy like Eric Bieniemy. Uh, and it seems like Bieniemy is going to have more uh, more power in uh, in Washington than he did in Kansas City. Do you think Russell Wilson is worth more than Lamar Jackson? Dave asked a good question here. Yes. See, that's tough. Right now, obviously not. Um, I mean, the Broncos were all kinds of messy <laughs> this this past season. Um, I, I, ask me that question in a year, Dave. I know that's that's such a shitty answer to give, but I just I, I'd like to see what I'm a huge fan of Russell Wilson. But what does he do with a better coach? Let's see. Yeah, a lot of players are making more than uh, Mahomes right now, Teresa. Um, that doesn't mean much. I think Mahomes is happy with his contract. And uh, listen, he's making a lot of money elsewhere, too. So I think you're going to see a lot of players over the years uh, get ahead of Mahomes in that category. Mahomes might, honestly, in four years, Mahomes might be outside of the top 10 when it comes to annual average uh, earnings. So we'll see. Aaron Rodgers, could he be going to the Jets? There's a lot of serious traction going on here. Look, statistically, Rodgers had his worst year. Lowest passer rating ever. Touchdown-interception ratio, the worst he's ever had. And the fewest passing yards he's ever had. And I'm obviously excluding the years where Rodgers uh, played fewer games due to injury. Because obviously, that you can't compare those seasons. But his passer rating was 91.1. He threw 26 touchdown passes and 12 picks. 3,695 yards. Those are not terrible numbers. Now, if I was in a coma for the past 12 months, and you do, first of all, I would have missed a lot of great things. Second of all, if you read me those numbers, I would have said there's no way in hell those are Aaron Rodgers' numbers. They're just not. Aaron Rodgers barely throws double-digit interceptions. So in a 17-game season, Rodgers had fewer touchdown passes, fewer yards. It was a very different year for Aaron Rodgers. Could a change of scenery work for Rodgers? We don't ever hear change of scenery potentially working for a 39-year-old. Could that work for someone who's going to go into the season 39 and will turn 40 late in the season? I... I don't know, but I would say this would be worth it for the Jets. Let's keep one thing in mind for the New York Jets. This team was very close to making the playoffs. Obviously, with their final record, 7-10, and 10, it doesn't indicate that, but they ended the season on a six-game losing streak. Before that six-game losing streak, they were sitting very pretty at one point over the Buffalo Bills with a 7-4 record. Zach Wilson's not the guy. Mike White, I think he played his heart out, certainly showed a hell of a lot more effort than Wilson, and I know the comment did not sit well with a lot of, pe- with a lot of people. But I think the Jets, not only are they above 500 with Rodgers, I think they are a serious contender to win the division with Rodgers. I'll say this right now. If the Rod, if the Jets get Rodgers, I will pick the Jets to win over the Bills 
to win the division. Listen, I think the Bills are great. I think Josh Allen's a good quarterback. But that turnover machine and um, and Josh Allen, man, before the season, people were talking about how the Bills had this the best talent of any team, and it's not even close. Josh Allen, you know, he sounded like the most invincible guy in the world. I don't think he's all that, and I said that last summer. And if the Jets get Rodgers, I think a change of scenery would do a lot for him. And I think he'd be playing for a better coaching staff. I'm not all in, all, all on in uh, with um, his name escapes my mind right now, but the young guy who's the head coach um, replacing McCarthy in, in, in Green Bay. Um, you guys will remind me in a second. See, a lot of you guys disagree with me. Favre left the Packers and went to the Jets, retired and came out. Yeah, look, Favre got off to a fantastic start with the Jets, but then he just crashed into a brick wall. Um, yeah, but what about when Rodgers chokes in the playoffs? That's a really good question. Um, the Packers, they win a lot of games, but they don't do well in the playoffs. And that's been, uh, listen, they've, they, they, they've gotten to, didn't they reach the uh, NFC Championship game two years in a row and just looked bad? And I believe they were the heavy favorites in both of those. Yeah, Matt LaFleur. Thank you, Maurice. Yeah, I, I, I'm just not a big fan of Matt LaFleur personally. I don't think he's a terrible person. I just don't think he's the right coach to lead the Packers. Um, I mean, look, I mean the way they fell short against the Lions, too. Um, they picked up a little bit of steam in the second half of the season. But, you know, I, I just don't think LaFleur is the guy. I think Rodgers would do better in New York. Now, there's going to be a lot of pressure because that New York media and that fan base, they are not going to go easy on you. I mean, they are going to press when things go wrong. That's just the way things work in a place like New York, like Philadelphia. I already went over the Derrick Henry topic, so I won't really get into that too uh, too much. Uh, I do want to move on. I want to get into some quick hits here. And then I do want to touch on the Jackson Mahomes story. Real quickly, uh, the Alabama basketball team having a fantastic season might get the number one seed in the NCAA tournament for the first time ever in school history. A team that is obviously known for its football prowess. But it is overshadowed by this Brandon Miller story uh, who claims that he was unaware of his former teammate, Darius Miles, and the intent he had of shooting someone. So here's the story. The belief was Miller handed the gun to Miles before Miles fired at a vehicle in which he killed Jamia Janae Harris. But Miller, he drove Miles to a, a nightclub. Miles leaves his gun in Miller's car, which, listen, that's already an irresponsible thing just to even hear. Um, I'm not suggesting to take it inside the club, but still, I, I mean, to just... Go with someone else is driving you and you leave the car at a gun. It, it, the, the story just spells bad news already. Uh, Miles contacts Miller to bring the gun back. To which Miller claims he was unaware whatsoever what was about to go down next. Here's what I will say and I'll keep this short. You got to be cautious with who you surround yourself with. When you have someone that takes the gun out, leaves it in your car. I've already said it's irresponsible. But then is contacting you to come back with the gun in the car. I mean, that itself just spells trouble. I, I mean, what else do you even... Th what does a human brain think when you're told something like that? 
Um, it's not like Miles exuded this kind of behavior for the first time ever suddenly, right? Like, this had to have been a thing in the past, at least once. The worst part, late last month when they were doing player intros for an Alabama game at home, Brandon Miller gets a standing ovation from the crowd, and when his name got called out, you know, when the players go through their little tunnel off the bench, his teammate patted him down. I'm sorry, but it's 2023. How in the hell can you be this tone deaf to do that kind of a pregame little ritual? Just ask NBA scouts about it. Seriously, ask NBA scouts about this. Look at all the NFL scouts at the combine. What do you think they're asking about? Oh, how do you how do you do so well, you know, attacking these holds at the offensive line? No, they, they, they don't talk about that stuff. They talk about off-the-field stuff, or in this case, off-the-court stuff. You think an NBA, this guy's a very talented kid, by the way, Brandon Miller. You think NBA scouts are going to be thrilled about that kind of a thing? There might be some teams that want to avoid this kind of thing just for the sole fact that in 2023, because public perception is such a big deal today, you don't even want to mess with that kind of thing. Um, you, you just don't. Yeah, Morant. From the NBA, uh, the NBA is looking into Morant's Instagram live video in which he had a gun at a Colorado nightclub. Again, here we go again, right? I just talked about this. Look, you guys all remember Damon Arnett, the former Raiders quarterback, very talented quarterback who the Chiefs ended up signing. The Raiders let him go because he did an Instagram, or not an Instagram video, just a video that he posted on social media where he's pointing a gun at the camera. Not a good look whatsoever. Ended up getting released by the Raiders. The Chiefs signed him to a futures contract while they're in the playoffs last year, that is. And he got released in a week after being arrested in Las Vegas over some sort of a dispute at a Vegas hotel involving a gun. Listen, man, I don't expect these players to be up to speed with everything in the news, but at least with other athletes out there. This, I mean, every athlete should be aware of what Damon Arnett did. And then you look at Morant and what he did with the Instagram live video. It's like, man, did you not know about the Damon Arnett thing? It, it, to me, it's just, again, I'll use the word again, irresponsible. Um, Look, man, one of the very first instances where someone got in trouble with social media was Larry Johnson in 2009, Okay. We're in 2023 now. There have been plenty of instances since 2009 where players have gotten in trouble with what they do, say, post on social media. Remember Jeremy Tunsil right before the draft in 2016, the video of him leaked uh, smoking in, in front of the camera? It's like, why are you do, Why are you posting that? Why are you recording yourself? He, he didn't post it. Someone else did. But why are you even recording yourself doing that kind of thing? It baffles me. When you see athletes do this kind of thing in 2023, it's not a good look whatsoever. Hey, the Big 12 tournament is taking place. I mentioned that at the beginning of the podcast in Kansas City. K-State and TCU just tipped off. Man, I'll tell you what, I love the city so much. And, and for the longest time, uh, I've always felt like, you know, this city deserves so much more. And it's so cool seeing, you know, these parades. We, we've seen, you know, a couple of parades now in the past few years. And now we're seeing a lot of special events. To me, the Big 12 tournament, one of the best events Kansas City can get 
And I love the scenery downtown because you have the arena and then you have the power and light district right across the street. Um, and I think the Big 12 has done a fantastic job of utilizing that venue for pregame. And it's not just for basketball. I know um, the NCAA volleyball tournament took place in Kansas City a few years ago. And some of the schools took advantage of having some pep rallies at PL before games. And I thought that was so cool to see. Uh, I know the UFC, when they came to Kansas City, they could not do their weigh-ins inside the arena because there was a concert taking place. So instead, the UFC took advantage of the PL district and they did their weigh-ins there. And that actually looked pretty cool. The UFC never does outdoor weigh-ins. I actually thought it was a pretty cool event and it looked pretty cool the way they did it. So... I think it's so cool for the PNL district. I am hoping to go Saturday. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it, bud. Yeah, I love the hat. I love the old school uh, logos logos uh, with some of these teams. Um, I'm hoping to be there Saturday, depending on the outcome of tomorrow's game. So we'll see. By the way, um, there was an NBA scout that texted a journalist. I don't exactly know the journalist's... Um, outlet or what he does specifically he has somewhat of a solid following so i assume he's a journalist let me pull that up real quickly bear with me one moment uh jared sutton here's what he tweeted text from a scout in kansas city at the big 12 tournament quote how is there no team that regularly plays here you just use this for concerts and this tournament this is nicer than most nba arenas end quote I think it's a shame. I know back in 2006, there was that possibility possibility about the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, look, I, I know a lot of people feel like that was more leverage from Pittsburgh, uh, the, the team, to try to use that as leverage to get what they wanted, which they eventually did. But that's the only time where there has been any serious traction whatsoever about a team coming here. Um, listen, it's a really great arena. I, for those of you that don't know, I used to work in sports media production. I, I worked for the Royals for a few years. I did some events for a year at the uh, Sprint Center. Now it's called the T-Mobile Center. Uh, man, whether it's right at the arena, as you guys can see it on your TVs right now for the game, or if you're uh, going behind the scenes, the arena really is a great arena. It can be used for so many great things, and I think teams would really love a venue like this. I know it may not be more modern because this opened in 2007. It broke ground in, in, in 2005. So it may not be more modern as T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, uh, which opened, I think, in 2017. But this arena in Kansas City, man, I, I mean, where it's located, too, with the Power and Light District right across the street. Um, Kemper Arena was a great arena at its time. Uh, but, you know... When you got to be more modern and look at some of the uh, teams that have downtown stadiums. That's why it's a uh, topic in Kansas City with the Royals and the Chiefs. So I really hope that Kansas City figures it out. I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know if a superstar like Patrick Mahomes can do this like he did with Whataburger. Which, by the way, a Whataburger just opened right next to my house. So please pray for my health. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be stepping on the scale anytime soon. Let's just put it that way. Um, but something's got to be done, man. I, I know it's been considered one of the busiest arenas before the pandemic. And I'm sure the people who run the arena are very happy with that. But how do you not have a sports tenant? You've got to change that. Um, it's a great arena. It really is. 
Um, don't, by the way, let me tell you guys, I, I mentioned I used to work in sports media production. Uh, I was at the, I, I worked at the event where KU lost to Oregon in the Elite Eight. And I spoke to someone from the uh, NCAA. The NCAA sends a lot of people, producers, directors, whatnot, to help uh, control the event from the uh, entertainment production standpoint. And one of the producers said, man, this is one of the best places. And he told me, he said, I will always advocate for this arena to be selected for regionals at the very least. Um, obviously the, uh, the arena will host some NCAA tournament games and they've been doing a lot of that since the tournament or uh, since the arena opened, but man, you got to have an NBA or an NHL team. The only team you've ha- you had was the uh, arena football team, the brigade, which listen, that was cool and all, but you know, I think the city has shown over the years that it's not a uh, minor league team. It's just not, uh, and listen, no disrespect to arena football. It's just at the end of the day. Uh, and I know a lot of people will say, well, the Kansas City Kings never worked. The Kansas City Scouts didn't work. I agree with that. But at the time, times change, man. Um, things change. So I hope uh, Kansas City can definitely change that because this arena 100% deserves, this city deserves to have an NBA and an NHL team. I want to see both. I really do. Real quickly, some UFC commentary here. Alexa Grasso pulled off might what might be one of the biggest upsets in UFC history and a wild finish, too, where Valentina Shevchenko, phenomenal fighter, went in for the spinning back, back fist or a back kick. I can't remember. I think it was a back kick because Grasso caught her leg and immediately closed in, got her back, got her down, and went for the choke. That's all it took. Sometimes that's all it takes in MMA, man. You might be having a great fight, but one mistake during the fight could turn everything around just like that. So it was pretty cool to see Alexa Grasso do that and pull off what might be one of the biggest upsets. Obviously, we're going to get a rematch for this. Um, That's just the way it works for uh, fighters that were long-term champions. John Jones fought for the first time in three years, and he looked like the old John Bones Jones. This guy in seven of his last nine fights, dating back to 2013, only won by decision. Two of them were finishes. He beat Gon, uh, Surreal Gon, in two minutes and four seconds. You think of John Jones before he got into trouble in 2014 and whatnot. This is what he looked like back in the 2013, 2012, 2011 John Bones Jones, which I'm happy to see, man. Look, all I'm going to say is this. Don't mess it up. This guy's gotten into so much trouble with domestic violence and uh, testing positive for banned substances it kind of like the Brandon Miller thing, man. It's like, you're so talented. And it's not like John Bones Jones is going away anytime soon. He's still young. Um, But, you know, don't make any more mistakes. I don't think he's the greatest of all time. I would say Habib with his undefeated record. Uh, I would also point to Anderson Silva and GSP. Ronda Rousey, even Amanda Nunes before I point to John Bones Jones. But... John Jones has the potential, man. I, no one's ever beaten this guy. No one's ever beaten him. It's it's him who's beaten himself over the years. And I hope he figures it out. Because if this guy can stay focused and avoid trouble, man, he's gonna he's gonna break so many UFC records. He's now doing this at heavyweight, which is cool to see. 
All right, final topic of the show. You guys ready for this thrilling topic of the night? Jackson Mahomes. Uh, Let me just first off give the facts of the story as reported by the Kansas City Star. Jackson frequently goes to a restaurant slash bar in Overland Park. I think it's called Aspen's. Uh, He is friends with the owner's stepdaughter who also works at that restaurant. uh, Late February, last month obviously, Jackson allegedly shoved a 19-year-old waiter. So there's a potential assault charge there. The 40-year-old owner, Aspen Vaughn, invited Jackson to the basement office to discuss the incident. Now, let me just say this. A lot of people are saying, well, why is she inviting him to the uh, basement office alone? I think in a situation where you know someone and this guy's kind of a celebrity. Listen, if this was me, the owner would kick me out and just say, get the fuck out of here. You're causing problems. Get out of here or we call the police. It's got to be one of those two things. I think because Jackson is friends with the owner's daughter and is a well-known person in the community, she probably wanted to talk this out. However, Jackson goes up to the 40-year-old owner, forcibly kisses her twice. He grabs her aggressively by the neck from behind and kisses her. She pushes him away. And she told the Kansas City Star, she asked him, what are you doing? A few seconds later, Jackson does this again. What kind of a celebrity, Mark? I'll answer that in a second. She uh, Jackson does this again, and she aggressively pushes his head away. Um, that's not a good look for Jackson. Jackson's attorney says that they've gone over the evidence and they've cooperated with police. They've even handed the evidence. They believe Jackson's done nothing wrong. Well, the video shows otherwise, so it's kind of weird that you're even saying this. Listen, I know attorneys do this, but when there's footage out, it's just a bad look. Um, Let's see here. What else am I missing? I don't want to miss any of the facts here. Oh, here's an important part of the story. The owner of the bar told the Kansas City Star that one in four visits that Jackson makes to the restaurant, quote, it's not a good experience. End quote. Overland Park Police has not made any arrests. No charges have been made. Overland Park Police said they will consider filing charges if needed, even if the people involved don't want to press charges. Uh, They're basically still investigating this. All right. First of all, this is someone, and he's not the only one in his family to do this. This is someone who saw his family member, his brother, and his massive fame that he got real fast and Jackson wanted a big piece of it. Now, Jackson is no longer Patrick's brother. Brittany is no longer, you know, Patrick's wife, right? Randy is no longer known as Patrick's mom. Jackson, Brittany, Randy, these guys have all built kind of a, a brand, uh, whether we like it or not. They're all, I mean, they're more than just Patrick's brother, wife, mom at this point. Okay, Teresa, that's a good question. Why would she take him to the basement? I just said this. I think because they know each other, I think the woman wanted to talk things out and say, look, 
You're friends with my daughter. You come here a lot. We need you to chill. I think that's what she was trying to do. I'm speculating here. Uh, by the way, I will explain in a moment why this is topical and why this is a Patrick topic. Um, bear with me in a moment because I know a lot of you guys don't like the sound of that. Give me a chance to explain that in a second here. But listen, um, Patrick, Brittany, and Randy, or I'm sorry, uh, Brittany, Jackson, and Randy, um, I don't know if they were jealous. I don't know if they just wanted to latch on. They all want to be in the limelight, whether they admit it or not. Listen, I read this article about Randy Mahomes a couple months ago about her, relig her religion and her son being so successful on the field. And in the article, she claims she doesn't want to be in the limelight. I I'm, I'm sorry. That's just a lie. That's just a complete lie. Um, my, my, my issue with Randy, this woman has tweeted so many times insinuating there's family drama. It's like, look, keep that stuff behind closed doors. Keep that stuff with your family. She's been criticized so many times about her tweets to the point where she's had to delete so many of them. Um, but going back to Jackson, uh, because Randy didn't do anything. Brittany didn't do anything right now, at least. Um, look, there's a lot of incidents involving Jackson. There are a lot of rumors out there about Brittany and Jackson. So many of them are unconfirmed, so I can't really speak on those things, but we can speak on these things that have been at least published. Uh, there's a video of Jackson, what appears to be at power and light. And there are multiple police officers in the video and the way Jackson is interacting with the police officers around them. It's not normal. And listen, second of all, I've been to power and light many times. I've done the whole nightlife thing. I'm too old. I'm not too old, but I don't do that thing as much anymore. Listen, I've gone out for drinks many times. It is possible to avoid the police. I don't know why Jackson is involved with police officers in this video. I, I know it's way out of, con I know the video does not show the entire context, but it's still a bad look. Okay. See, Maria just says there is a pattern to his behavior. Yes, Maria, 100%. Uh, if you guys re re recall last year, SOT, the small bar in Kansas city, they publicly called out Jackson Mahomes. Not exactly sure what happened, but they seem to suggest that Jackson brought an entourage and that he was demanding first class service. I don't quite know, but that's what they seem to be suggesting. They didn't even want to go into the details. Um, they ended up taking down that post. I think it's safe to say someone from the Mahomes camp did get a hold of that that bar there. Uh, but that's not the only thing, man. Uh, dancing on Sean Taylor's number, which is very unforgivable to me and to a lot of people. The water bottle incident with the Ravens fan. Listen, I, I think the Ravens fan was being a jerk, but still, you got to be better than that, man. You got to be better and avoid that situation. Don't put yourself below that guy's level. J the pile of incidents with Jackson are just are just going up. Now, here's my question that nobody is even talking about here. Could this ever turn into a Patrick Mahomes problem? Let me give you an example. Let's just let, let me let, let, this is a hypothetical. I know Patrick is busy in his life with his Two daughters and a wife. I mean, the guy has a family now, okay? But Jackson is still a member of his family, right? I mean, they're going to hang out. What if Patrick was hanging out with Jackson that night? Guess who Patrick's getting a phone call from? Brett Veach and probably Clark Hunt. And the questions are going to be, 
what the hell happened and what did you do? Where were you when this all happened? That's never a conversation you want to have. And I want to be very clear. Patrick is not responsible for his brother's actions. They're both grown-ass adults. Patrick's 27, Jackson's 22. I said this with the Britt Reid thing. People were blaming Andy Reid for what Britt Reid did. Britt Reid is in his 30s. Andy Reid is not responsible for what Britt Reid does. There's no way Andy Reid could have known what Britt Reid was going to do. Uh, if he did, I'd like to think Andy Reid would have stopped it. Britt Reid is a grown man. His dad is not responsible. Uh, listen, I'm reading some of your guys' comments. Didn't he do something at the Dolphins game? I don't know, Jim. I, 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 I Listen, there are a long list of incidents. I'm sure I, there are some that I don't even, I'm not even aware of. I see a lot of rumors online. If there's no video of it, it's hard to really touch on. Let me say this, okay? Let me say this about Jackson. Or Patrick, excuse me. Um, obviously he's going to hang out with his brother. That's his brother. Okay. Um, people are talking about cutting him off and shit. Like that's not my place to speak. That's not anyone's place to speak. I will say this about Patrick though. You got to be careful because if you are going to hang out with your brother, you, you should probably take charge in what you do and where you go because Jackson's been involved in some not-so-positive incidents. One of them is caught on camera, okay? And it's not a very good one. This is sexual harassment to 99% of the population out there. If Patrick Mahomes and Jackson Mahomes are hanging out, and if something like this happens with Jackson, the Chiefs front office is going to get involved? The NFL is certainly going to look into it. And here's the thing. Patrick, with everything he's got going for him, the massive contract and the bajillion sponsors he has, guilty by association, fair or unfair, is a thing, folks. If Jackson does something and if Patrick is present when it happens, Patrick could lose sponsorships out of this. Again, it might not be fair. But this is what I'm talking about when I say this could be a Patrick problem in the future. Again, I'm not suggesting Patrick to cut him off. That's not my business. That's not anything that I'm suggesting. It's it, it's it's not our business, it's not anyone's business. But when you have a sibling that is constantly in the public eye for negative, let, let's just be honest here. Is Jackson Mahomes making headlines for positive reasons ever? No, it's not a good look. Um, if I'm Patrick, yeah, I still want to hang out. You, you, you love your brother. You love your family. You, you hang out with them and you do, um, you do all these things, but you got to be very careful if they ever want to go out and have a drink or whatnot, because at this point, you know, one more incident. And if Patrick happens to be present, that could be a bad thing. Dennis says they need to chat. I agree with, listen, someone's got to say something, you know, again, Patrick's not responsible for 
his brother's actions, but who's Jackson, whose tickets is Jackson using to get into Arrowhead or to get into all these events? His brother's. You know, whatever Jackson does, I mean, the fame that Jackson has earned, whether we like it or not, it is because of his brother. So, you know, I think Patrick's got to have a conversation with him. I do agree with that, Dennis. Teresa says, Patrick is not Jackson's keeper. Your point is justified. I think Patrick is aware and keeps his distance. Yeah, 100%. I'm with you, Teresa. I I think a lot of people now see my point on this because I said at the beginning of the podcast, this could be a Patrick problem. And a lot of you guys did not like the sound of it, but I think having explained this whole topic out, I think a lot of people understand where I'm coming from when I say this could be a Patrick problem. Um, Look, this is not a fun topic to discuss. It's really not. Um, The Mahomes family has been so interesting. Like, they gain, because of Patrick's superstar prowess, and by the way, let me say this, I don't have an issue with Patrick's family gaining fame. I really don't. Look at the Kardashian family, okay? They've gained a lot of fame because of one famous member in their family. Look at the Trump family, even before 2016. Um, You know, it's just one of those situations where, you know, people knew about the Trump family. I I remember when Donald Trump Jr. got engaged and then got divorced. That was a story. Um, and look at how many guys know who Lara Trump is. Lara Trump is Donald Trump's daughter-in-law and she wants to run for governor. I don't know what state, but she's been considering that for a while. Do you think she would even have a chance if she was not related to Trump? Of course not. She married into a very famous family. And now that they're involved in politics, they have other family members that want to run for small political offices. Um, look at Jake Paul and Logan Paul, their mom. It gets a lot of traction on social media. Again, it's because of the, um, it's because of the, um, her sons, how famous they are. Before Farscast ends, I want to know when Pat is doing his next autograph signing. I have something I want to get signed by him. I can't find it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I would say follow him and his, um, agent on social media. They tend to um, post. The players do a lot of things at Dick's Sporting Goods, so that's also another good place to follow. Make sure you're following uh, all the local Dick's Sporting Goods on their social media accounts. That's the best way to. I, that's the best um, advice I can give you. Uh, but listen, I think I'm kind of repeating myself at this point. The most important thing here is that, you know, Patrick's not going to cut off his family, but if he does hang out with Jackson. If I'm Patrick, I'm the one deciding what we do and where we go and what's allowed and what's not allowed. I mean, is that is that logical right there? Because if you're a Patrick man with all the superstar earnings you've got with uh, your fame, your contract, your endorsements, you do not want one small mistake can seriously lead to a loss in a lot of those things. And you obviously don't want that to happen. Listen, I'm saying all this, and I know I come off like I'm saying Patrick could be in danger. Patrick is seriously like an MVP off the field. You think this guy's an MVP on the field? Off the field. And I've listened to so many podcasts about people talking about this subject. Every single person says that Patrick is a model citizen outside of the field. But it's so shocking that everyone else in his family makes news for all the wrong reasons. I remember Randy, you know, going back to her, 
when Patrick got injured, Randy was calling out the player that injured Patrick and called him evil. That Browns player from the playoffs, if you guys remember a couple years ago, that Cleveland player actually called out Randy on that. And Randy quickly backtracked on that. Listen, I get, you know, it was the heat of the moment and all that. But you, you, as a member of the family, you, you can't be saying those kinds of things. Um, I know Brittany deleted a tweet calling a player a jackass for pushing Mahomes out of bounds. It's like, you know, and again, Mahomes, Brittany with, you know, um, having people film her when she's spraying champagne. It's like, what purpose do you serve by showing that? And then she also said that she wishes people would not, she wishes that she could post things and people not talk about them. It doesn't work like that when you, especially when you got a big following. Now that Brady uh, and his wife are divorced, I think Brittany has more followers than any NFL wife or girlfriend on social media. So again, this is someone that has Kind of their own brand now. Like, Brittany, is, she does a lot of sponsorships on her uh, Instagram. So, she, and again, she has, she owns, she part owns the um, the uh, Casey Current. And by the way, let me say this. Um, she has a lot of those things because of her connection to Patrick. Like I said, with all these other family members that have a famous person and they've made everyone else in their family famous, there's nothing wrong with that to me. Listen, Brittany having all these endorsements and being a co-owner of the uh, Casey Current, it has a lot to do with her connection to Patrick. Why do you think Chad Henney's wife is not getting all these things? Well, her husband is a backup quarterback. Brittany is married to a superstar, and because she's built a following, it helps her get all these things. And again, I'm, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Yeah, listen, I agree with you, Teresa. She's very, she is smart. I don't know about the down-to-earth part. I don't know her personally like that. I've heard a lot of negative things about her publicly. But again, I can't really, she's, listen, she has said some things that I, let me, let me put it this way. If it was my wife or girlfriend, I would not want out there publicly. I really wouldn't. Uh, listen, you know, the TikTok dances and showing off that your daughter has a Chanel purse, like those are all harmless things. I, I mean, here's the crazy part. I just recently defended Jackson and said, look, this guy has been out of the news for a year and all he's doing is TikTok dances. If the worst thing, if the only thing you can knock on him for is the TikTok dances within the last 365 days, well, then I think, uh, I, I think he's doing just fine. But unfortunately He's in legal hot water right now. Um, and if you're Patrick, listen, family's family. But you probably should be careful with what you do and what activities do you do if you decide to go out and about. That's all I'm going to say. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Farscast. Thank you guys so much for joining me here on this episode. A lot of great comments. Thank you guys so much for all the interaction. Listen, I missed a lot of comments, so I apologize if I did not get to your guys' comments on the live stream. For those of you listening to the podcast version, please don't be shy. Join us for one of these live streams. Just make sure you follow the page. And if you do so, you will be notified whenever we go live and do one of these live podcasts. So make sure you guys join us for one of our uh, live podcasts in the future. Hey, you guys know the social media. If you don't, it is in the podcast description. Click on the links. If you guys join the live stream late, Check out the podcast. It'll be uploaded shortly. Just search for Farscast. It's everywhere. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Stitcher, all those great places. I'm going to stay tuned. Uh, I'm going to do a little encore with all you people on the live stream. For those of you on the podcast, appreciate you guys listening. 
I will talk to you guys later. Take care.